Hello. It's been a hot minute since I have done a podcast episode, YouTube video. And it's been a very, very busy summer. And I thought this would be a really great opportunity based on the conversations that I've been having, mainly with the women in our Cycle Breakers Academy work, that I just decided I was really inspired to do a uh, some content for men, uh, seeing that this level of frustration seems to be mounting. And I really wanted to, um, you know, do a public service for both women and their men who they're challenged and frustrated by. And I've taken some time to, uh, time off of creating content for the public. And I've really been focusing on the clients and students in our Cycle Breakers portal and Alchemy of Polarity um, communities. And now I just feel inspired to share this with people. And this is specifically for, uh, for the men. And if you're hearing about me for the first time, and you're a gentleman, and this is for everybody, but specifically for you gentlemen, um, gentleman, um, my name is Dr. Nima Romani, if you've never met me before. <clears throat> and I retired from chiropractic several years ago, slowly moving towards teaching people how to heal their attachment traumas, because I discovered that every single uh, person coming into my practice was actually dealing with a stress-related problem, a, an unresolved wounding from way back when. And the wounding and the traumas that we go through in our childhood cause us to separate from ourselves. And so what I discovered was that whenever you have an attachment trauma, like a divorce, like a breakup, like a, like a grief, that pain, that wounding stays within our body. And we don't really get the training from our parents, unless you've had unicorn parents, in how to resolve it. So uh, it rests within our body and un unconsciously we start getting into romantic relationships and we get married with people who actually cause an activation, a reactivation of these woundings. We get triggered, we get reactive, and we start to display these behaviors to protect the wounded parts of us uh, that are feeling threatened in the moment, okay? So <clears throat> if you had the experience of a mother who was constantly anxious and never able to be satisfied, and you were in that position where you were constantly feeling like you had to please or you were trying to uh, make mom happy and it was like mission impossible, that role tends to stay within your body and then we start to act it out in our romantic partnerships. And so it's almost like we are looking for a mother within our partner, the mother that we never were able to have as a child. I, I know that sounds a little bit weird uh, if you're hearing about this kind of thing for the first time, but it is 100% accurate. It's called the repetition compulsion. Freud called it the repetition compulsion, this compulsion within us to compulsively repeat what was incomplete in our childhoods. 
And so what that does, unfortunately, is it creates this culture in our family system of codependency where there is one partner who is completely dependent and obsessed with getting the validation of another and it's never enough and this dance of this push and pull dynamic that happens. And so in my journey of... um, you know, helping people heal as a chiropractor, I saw this dance going on and I was like, holy crap, like there's this unconscious dance that people aren't even aware of that's impacting their health. So I I did it from a healthcare perspective. And then I went through my divorce and several failed relationships later, culminating in a toxic relationship that was highly codependent, which I didn't even know it at the time, but it was called a trauma bond. And so I was in this dynamic of, should I stay or should I go, as the song says? And I was stuck. I didn't know what to do. And it was this toxic cycle of love bombing, devaluing, discarding, love bombing, devaluing, discarding, push, get away from me, come close to me. You're the greatest thing ever. You're the worst thing. You're the devil. Back and forth. And now... It just so happens that I've fallen into a kind of uh, my work in the world is helping people answer the question of should I stay or go? Now, why is that important to you, gentlemen, who's hearing this is because for some reason, 80% of my audience are women because women care about relationships a lot more. So they find me somehow through uh, my podcast or my YouTube channel or they hear about me through my students and clients. And the reason why they are consuming my content is because they're stuck in a should I stay or go scenario. Are you getting how that relates to you? Okay, so in other words, if your woman is consuming my content, it doesn't look good for how the relationship is. Now, I'm not, I'm not blaming you because I understand the mechanisms of what a trauma bond is, where it comes from. But essentially, she, is get, she has now, the reason why she's consuming my content is because she's now gotten herself to a place where she's like, I, I can't keep going like this. This is not healthy. And for some of them, they're actually, their health is in jeopardy. So when you have attachment wounds that are kind of like traumas that are reoccurrences of past events from childhood that are, that you're reliving again in your intimate partnership, it doesn't, it, it doesn't bode too well for your health and well-being. Sleep is not good. Digestion is shot. Hormones are fucked. Everything is not going well, right? It's becoming an issue. And the worst possible case scenario is that this unconscious dance of a codependent cycle that they're going through in their relationship with you is actually impacting the children. This is the worst case of it. So I am really passionately concerned with breaking cycles of intergenerational trauma. To, to, to working with people who raise their hands and say, it didn't start with me, but generational trauma ends with me. But here's the problem. Most of the women that I'm working with who are involved in relationships, such as maybe the woman who sent you this uh, video, um, 
their biggest complaint is my husband, my partner, my boyfriend refuses to look at himself. He just says, oh, I'm not the one with the problem. You're the one with the problem. Does that sound familiar to you? It does to me because that's how I was in my previous relationship. She was constantly bitching, complaining, whining. What are we? Are we, are we together or not? Is it defined? I need some sort of a guarantee. I need this, I need this. And what I didn't know at the time was I was emasculated. She was in her masculine. The dynamic of our relationship with, with the polarity was inverted which when you have a positive pole and a positive pole of a magnet, what happens? Repulsion. So there was a repulsive kind of component to it. But then when the abandonment wounds would happen, we would get back together, highly po polarized, magnetic, repulsive, magnetic. And this push-pull dynamic is exhausting. And the majority of the time when I'm coaching women who say that their partners don't want to look at themselves, don't want to be a team and work on kind of bringing the relationship to a healthier place. Most of the time, do you want to know what the work is that I do with them? <clears throat> Helping them heal the wounds that have them repeating patterns from their childhood, which you are involved in. So you're like their mother or their father, exactly like their childhood, getting them to a place where they now have healed from those past woundings to a point where their self-worth elevates enough to the point where they leave. They have the courage to finally leave a partner who has zero interest in taking any ownership, any responsibility and working as a team. That's right. I tell them that I say, if he's not willing to work with you, your job is to get yourself to a place of either being okay with him by okay, living a life where you're not held emotionally, where you don't have emotional safety and then modeling that behavior and that kind of dynamic to your children, because guess what you learned? Look at the relationship from your parents. Actually, I'm going to invite you to do that. Check out the relationship from your parents right now. And this is what we're unconsciously passing as cycles down to the next generation. And what I tell that these women who are like, can I, can you help my husband? I'm like, no, I can't. There is no way this works like weight loss. So what I tell them is how, how, do, how do you want, if you had a partner who was 300 pounds overweight, how would you get them to lose weight? Would you bitch at them? Would you whine at them? Would you nag them? Does that really work? No. You've got to inspire the person to lose the weight. And if you're enabling them, because usually there's a narcissistic codependent dynamic where, um, you know, the person who says, I'm fine, guess, guess who that is? <laughs> the person who says, I'm not the one with the problem. Take a wild guess which role that you're playing when you say that. Correct. You're the narcissist because the narcissist is always, you know, right and never has any problems and it's the other person's fault, right? So usually I'm not working with the narcissistic one unless they've awakened and said, yeah, this is, you know, this is time for me to do the work. But that doesn't happen unless the partner, the woman has enough courage, confidence and gets the clarity to say, enough. I'm not going to tolerate this anymore.
So that's usually when men reach out to me and say, my wife just left me. I'm just blindsided by this. And now we have divorce court proceedings, now completely like attachment trauma. We now have to talk about, you know, the finances of splitting assets and how the impact on the children. And then now what happens to your addictions, to your drinking, to your numbing and sedating now where she's now stepped up and said, I'm not going to tolerate this. This reminds me of... <clears throat> Pamela, who came to me, there was cycles of infidelity that she was dealing with and they were doing counseling. And finally, she jumped in to start uh, working with us in the Cycle Breakers Academy. And after about two or three weeks of couples counseling with her partner, trying to make it work, and he just wasn't wanting to look at himself, she built up enough self-worth to finally look at him and say, sweetheart, it's over. I love you. <coughs> Nothing is really changing. Just going to a therapist and telling your side of the story doesn't actually, that's called first order change. Saying, hey, you know, I cheated on you here. You can look at my phone. That's first order change. Or here, let me give you flowers every week. That doesn't actually change. It's actually second order change is looking at the underlying behavior. Why? I was behaving in this way in the first place. What woundings was I acting out of? And so when she realized he's not actually changing and we're just going around in circles, lovingly she said, I'm done, I'm leaving. And this was after about 15 years of trying counseling. Nothing was working. Finally, she elevated her self-worth enough to finally leave because when you start to do the work, your sense of self-worth starts to go up and you no longer tolerate disrespect, you no longer, longer tolerate somebody who isn't gonna treat you to the degree that you're treating you. So what ends up happening is the woman finally ends up leaving. And if you look at the statistics with divorce, 80% of women are the ones who, um, who divorce, who, who initiate divorce for good reason, because they're the ones working on themselves and often the men, because of our conditioning, because of our upbringing, are taught to suppress, don't talk about it, and we don't want to look at our past woundings. We don't want to take responsibility because there's a lot of shame and there's a lot of guilt and there's a lot of fear involved. And so what ends up happening is finally these women gather the self-worth to leave. And this is when men reach out to me. Unfortunately, the woman has to finally put her foot down and say, I can't do this anymore. And so this is when the man will say, okay, what do I got to do? And that's when they start to jump in and we start working together and getting down to the root cause. And I can think of two men that we've been working with over the last just couple months where just by them jumping in and taking responsibility, not blame, for their own trauma responses, which I'm about to talk to you in a moment about, they had second order change. There was a shift that happened that had them become more magnetic, which elicited a response from their women of respect. A response of their woman of a willingness to surrender and follow their lead. Because unless she has a feels a sense of respect for you, she will not feel safe 
to do exactly what it is that you need as a man, which is a woman who's receptive and is surrendered. So the moral of the story here is that the women that are doing our work and consuming my content are in a place of should I stay or go? And when they say, can you help my husband? My answer is always no, because I've been that guy. I don't want to look at my shadows. I don't want to take responsibility. I don't really think it's masculine to ask for help. And so what ends up happening? Well, in my case, the police had to be involved and I pled guilty to two counts of assault, domestic assault. And uh, while the charges were conditionally discharged, it led me on a path of really understanding how was it that somebody so intelligent who helps people can be triggered and activated and completely lose consciousness and behave in ways that days later he actually feels so ashamed about. And I discovered that we, throughout our childhood, come up with four trauma responses that I'm gonna share with you that we learn in order to create safety. But these trauma responses that help us create safety in childhood actually cause a destruction in our adult intimate partnerships. So what are they? So there are four trauma responses. And the first one here, let me just move this here. The first one is fight or poke. This is when you were a child and you were, you know, there was this experience of conflict. The only way for you to create safety is to fight back. So you are always on high alert always expecting something to come at you. You're literally bracing at all times. Tell me if that makes any sense. Type it in the chat, actually. I'd love to hear your feedback of this. So you have this experience where you get activated, you get triggered, it just, boom, it knocks you back into an old wound where you had to fight because of this hypervigilance. Well, guess what? I have a twin brother, and that was the case, and I have parents who were highly anxious and constantly reactive. So I'm constantly unconsciously looking and critical, looking for attacks and I'm fighting back. So that was my first, that was kind of like my trauma response. Fight is the first one. The second one you've heard of is flight, which is run. So in an attachment distress, which is an argument, which is a rupture, we call that in somatic work, your response becomes then to run away, okay? And that was also me. So fight and run. And when we run, what happens is this is our avoidant parts that say, I can't be with my emotions right now. Definitely can't be with yours because I can't be with mine because I don't have the capacity. So fight and flight becomes the way we argue. We poke and we run. Type in the chat if any of those resonate with you. But there were also parts of us in childhood where fighting and running wasn't safe because there was a consequence. So there were parts of us that actually freeze or hide. 
We have to freeze. It's like, because if I ran, there was trouble. There wasn't safety. If I fought, I was in trouble. So freeze response is like a deer in headlights experience. So if your arguments happen and all of a sudden you freeze, this is a trauma response from childhood that you haven't learned how to work through or regulate. But what happens is oftentimes if I'm like, I'm a fighter and a flighter. And what I usually do is I pair up with somebody who's a freezer. So when I get activated, my partner then freezes. And when she freezes, that causes a response within me of abandonment, which causes me to get even more angry. And so can you see how it's like throwing gasoline onto a flame when we don't learn the skills of actually creating a sense of safety within the relationship dynamic, understanding what to do with our triggers? Because we all have them, but we don't, we're not trigger-less, but we can become trigger-proof in learning how to manage these, these unconscious kind of responses to attachment distress that we learned in childhood. And the fourth one is, it's called fawning. Or fixing. This is just placating. You know, hold on, let me just move that up. Can you see that? Fawning or fixing. Okay, so fight, flight, freeze, and fawn. These are our attachment distress responses. This is how we react to challenge, to conflict, to distress. And because we don't learn how to manage that, it activates each other and it causes this push-pull dynamic. And that's when your woman comes into my universe and understands and consumes my content to really understand, should I stay or go? And the first thing that I tell her, by the way, when I'm helping her determine, should I stay or go, is, are you safe right now? So is, is your, is your well being in, are you, are you safe? And if they are safe, okay, great. Now we can actually do some work and work on her own self-worth, work on managing those triggers so that when you activate her, she can respond in an adult way, even though you're acting like a child. And so once there is this, this understanding, clarity and confidence emerges and she says, I deserve better, I'm gonna move on. And that's when Soon as the partner, the man's abandonment wound gets activated, or unfortunately he's got to hit rock bottom, that's when he will start to do the work. And so this is a PSA to the men of not having to wait for that. The reason why your woman is consuming my content is because there seems to be this lack of connection an ability to communicate. And she wants to take responsibility for her part, but her biggest complaint when I'm speaking to them, when I'm speaking to the women, to your women, to women in general, is he just won't take responsibility. He thinks it's all my fault. He, he thinks he's, he's like, it's your problem, not mine. And guess what her work then becomes when that's the case? Her work is then to finally get to a place where, A, are you willing to live your entire life feeling emotionally 
unsatisfied? If that's a yes, stay where you are, stay the course. Or B, are you willing to grow to the, to the level of self-worth where you're no longer tolerating being treated and respected and cherished, which is what your woman really, her feminine instincts want to feel cherished just as much as your masculine instincts want to feel respected. And so I now am inspired to not just work with women, but I want to work with people, not couples like as couples counseling, but two people who are in a relationship that want to create what's called synergy that want to both take responsibility to learn the skills so that you don't need a therapist to intermediate and, and tell your victim story to. Because everybody feels like they're the victim in the dynamic. But once you really understand what's going on in a trauma bond, you realize there's really no one to blame. It's not your fault. It's not her fault. It's just, it's not even your parents' fault. This has been going on for generations, but the cycle breaker puts their hand up and says, it ends with me. Because if I don't do the work and we don't break this cycle as a family unit and I don't create safety within my family system, my children are completely fucked. And they're going to go into the same addictions. They're going to do the alcohol, the drugs, the sedating, the affairs, the codependency. Do I want that for them? And this is why I do the work because I've been able to go from toxic trauma bond to completely having that wake-up call that I shared with you to now creating a relationship where my wife and I are creating safety for Dominic so that he is raised in an environment where he is fully, he fully owns his own self-expression and he's not, act, he's not getting into relationships based on wounding. He has full self-expression. He knows who he is. And he has, he, he has a, a really grounded sense of self because he has parents that are teammates that are working together as a team, both responsible for taking responsibility for their trauma responses that have not, that we don't learn the skills in managing, in becoming trigger proof. And so um, if this sounds like you, and you're actually ready to take that responsibility, send me a DM and tell me what's going on, what resonated with you in this conversation, and why now would be a good time. Tell me what's going on. Tell me what you've just discovered. Is there infidelity? Is there abuse? Are you willing to step up and take ownership? Just know that I have zero judgment. <laughs> I've done the infidelity thing. I've done the abuse thing. Actually, when it first happened, I reached out to a male um, guide, kind of a coach, and he was shaming me. And I realized at that moment, I committed that whoever that I was going to work with and reached out for help, I was never going to shame them. I was actually going to completely let them know what's possible if I could only just get through to the other side. And here I am on the other side. And what I want to share with you is what's possible. So I want you to imagine, gentlemen, as challenging as your relationship seems right now, I want you to imagine a partner who actually celebrates your victories as if they are her own. Think about that. That she's so aligned and supportive 
that she celebrates your victories as though they are her own. Think about that. I want you to imagine a wife or a partner who brings you a sense of peace, not chaos. Sanctuary. Not a battlefield in your home. Think of what you were modeling, what you, what you mo were modeled. What, what was it like growing up in your household? I want you to imagine that your partner, your woman, is not, brings you a sense of peace, not chaos, as she has likely been because of all of this experience of a lack of respect. I want you to imagine her feeling appreciation for you. appreciation for you if you felt like completely like a like a what's it called an atm and she just takes 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 and she just like just get what had one of my clients i've been working with for a while it's like all i get from her are invoices i got i get literally get nothing i don't even get sex and he's just basically just giving invoice getting receiving invoices zero appreciation right this is what he was saying right? Imagine receiving appreciation from her. Imagine what it would be like in your household uh, to feel a sense of connection and passion instead of not tonight, honey, I have a headache because she's not really feeling it with you. Imagine that. Okay, what would that be like for you? Take a moment. And I want you, on that same note, I want you to imagine your woman being receptive to your leadership. It's one of our greatest needs, isn't it? For our women to just be surrendered and receptive to us. I want you to imagine what that would be like. Imagine what it would be like to be understood. And most importantly, trusted and respected. I just want you to know that that's entirely possible. But these women don't just fall out of the sky. They actually show up all these ways when you learn how to lead her properly. When you take ownership of your trauma responses, of fight, flight, freeze, and fawn, when you own how you manage these reactions and these triggers instead of being knocked back into a wound, being a little child wanting mommy's validation, and you actually learn how to emotionally regulate to the point where you're not having to sedate and you can show up as a man, as a leader. I definitely wasn't that in my last relationship. I was emasculated. Instead of leading my woman into her feelings, I was led by her feelings. And so that does not conduce, it is not conducive to a beautiful polarized relationship where you're leading and your woman is trusting, respecting, and surrendering to your leadership, which is all we really want. 
it becomes inverted in polarity. You're looking for a mother. She's sick and tired of being your mother, having to watch over you with your addictions and your alcohol and your numbing and sedating and your emotional dysregulation and causing her to feel unsafe. And when she feels unsafe and into her threats, she then goes into her masculine, which causes you to even become even more repulsed and emasculates you even further and onward this cycle goes and who unfortunately gets caught in the crossfire the kids and this is why i'm doing this public service announcement is it's not weak to actually get help i actually had to receive some guidance and it doesn't doesn't necessarily mean you got to go to a therapist's office and just talk about your problems that's not what i'm saying I'm actually saying to learn the skill. It's not therapy, it's training. I don't want you to see it as therapy, it's actually training. And what I have is an opportunity for, for couples who are actually concerned about this dynamic happening and actually are wanting to take inspired action, raise their hands and say, this didn't start with me. I don't want to put fault and blame. Let's throw fault and blame out the window and actually talk about healing and transforming our relationship with ourselves so that once we do, our relationship with our partners changes. Masculine goes into that leadership kind of healthy, uh, healthy, devotional uh, patriarch that we that's possible rather than this numbing sedated uh uh kind of little boy in a man's body wanting mommy to rescue him and completely detached from himself his emotions and just walking around with all this rage and un, not able to be not able to regulate himself and manage those trauma responses so my invitation is, if any of this is resonating with you, send me a DM and tell me what you found interesting or triggering. Give me feedback. Type it in the chat. It, ladies, if this resonates with you, go ahead and send this to the gentleman in your life. And just as a little kind of like public service announcement that, hey, you know, this should I stay or go is a wake-up call to action to actually create one of the most incredible relationships you've ever had on the other side of your healing work or lovingly without collateral damage and hundreds of thousands of dollars in legal bills to be able to kind of part ways and just say hey you know let's be let's be friends and let's co-parent as civilized adults either way the answer comes on the other side of doing the work because keeping things exactly as they are for the next five to 10 years is pretty fucking unbearable. If you, if you are, if you fall under that category and you're willing to receive guidance and have your blind spots revealed and have some challenging but loving feedback, send me a DM and I will give you the Google Doc of a few spots remaining for our synergy type of pilot program that I'm putting together for couples that are actually committed to doing their healing work in, as individuals 
and learning how to communicate with polarized communication so that you don't need a therapist to talk in between you so that you can create safety and a sanctuary in the household and children can be raised in an environment where they're not living under a trauma-bonded, codependent, volatile dynamic. I'm here to help heal family systems. That's what I'm dedicated to. I'm committed to living and embodying the work in myself as I'm a work in progress. And it is my mission to help as many families as possible. Thank you so much. And I hope this resonated. Let me know what came up for you in this uh, by sending me a DM, hitting reply on social media, whatever it is, send me a DM and let me know if you're ready to have me send you all the details of the Synergy um, kind of uh, pilot program. And uh, I look forward to seeing you at the next perfect time. Take care.